Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am Lauren Brunswick, your host. Sounded like I was just going to say your ho, but I said st at the end. Um, so today's episode is an interview with Dr. Sarah Huhulis, and this is a little insider baseball. You Okay, did, did I sound cool saying that? I just want to clarify because it's a, a phrase I've heard like, five times in the last three days. And I was like, oh yeah, insider baseball. Um, anyways, for the chiropractors listening, this is a f- episode on like pelvic floor and what we can be doing more for our patients besides Kegels. Um, also I tell a story about peeing my pants. So If that's not a reason enough to listen, I don't know what is. Basically, I've learned all the different ways that I suck as a human being. Anytime I have someone on as a chiropractor that specializes in something, I just feel so dumb. I really hope like I remember having Dr. Mo on and like way back. Oh, my gosh. It seems like forever ago now. And just being like, man, I'm dumb. And then I have like people who specialize in things and I'm like, man. I suck. (laughs) So hopefully some of you have that feeling today too and go, wow, I didn't know that. Um, Also, there's a correction. Uh, As I'm talking to Dr. Huhulis, um, I'm telling her about my experience at Northwestern and uh, any Northwestern students who like graduated 10 years ago, or maybe it's still happening now. I share a story about a, old gentleman who allowed us to do anal exams. And when I'm talking to her, I'm saying that like it was for a coccyx adjustment. It wasn't until like um, after I had already said it that I realized like, oh, no, we were doing prostate exams and things like that. But we also felt the coccyx. We were not performing coccyx adjustments one after the other. It was a prostate exam. It's still really messed up that this older gentleman lined up for a hundred and some students to do this year after year. But you'll hear the full story in a little bit. I just wanted to give a little asterisk that I misspoke, Uh, but I did not misspoke misspeak misspeak about peeing my pants um after my first 5k post baby but you'll hear that um okay so it is if you are listening to this um it is after thanksgiving and um i hope your thanksgiving went well 
I have been in clinic all week with people and it's just very interesting to hear how many Thanksgivings are, you know, being called off. And, um, you know what I'm liking seeing in my patients that even though it may not be what they chose, um, because a lot of them, it, it wasn't their decision. A lot of them, they're saying, oh, my mom called off Thanksgiving and, and I'm loving seeing the grace that people are giving one another. Um, I feel like, you know, hopefully, and who knows, like this is a week by week thing. Um, but it seems like we are entering a stage of more understanding that like, this is how you want to protect yourself. And this is how I want to protect myself. And we have different opinions and that's okay. Um, because I felt like there was a lot of anger from one side to the other, for sure. Um, and I don't know, it just, it seems like, at least in my little teeny corner of the world, that we are allowing each other more grace as to um, what holidays are going to look like. And as we go into December, um, I just would recommend that you continue to apply that grace that you're giving to other people who, you know, whether it's patients who are like, hey, I'm just going to cool it until this thing blows over. <laughs> I'm like, cool. See you next September. Um, no, like, you know, we have patients who are like, we'll see you in January. Like we promise we'll be back, but like things are just really heavy right now. Um, and we're just going to take a breather. Like, and that's really frustrating for me. Like I want to emotionally fight them and be like, are you joking? Like, you know, yada, yada. Um, but I don't, I give them grace and try and understand. And we have family um, who has, you know, basically said, see you sometime in 2021. Like we're not doing the holidays together. And again, it's frustrating, but I understand. And I'm just continuing to, you know, try and, um, empathize. I think empathizing is more important than understanding at this point. Uh, so the same grace and empathy and love and patience that you are applying all these other areas in your life, I just encourage you to like kind of reflect it back towards yourself in whatever that needs to be done right now. Um, whether that is you are eating and drinking more than you want, whether you haven't been to the gym, whether you've spent too much money um, shopping, whether your patient numbers are down, whether you just failed part four boards. I don't know where you need to apply grace and love and empathy towards your own life, but please make sure you're doing it because we're just so much better often at externalizing it. Um, this is your reminder, please internalize it as well. Um, yeah, so another reminder as we enter December is I mentioned last week that we are going to be making an um, announcement on December 14th, Monday, December 14th uh, through January 3rd, there's going to be a short um, little window opportunity for people. Um, and it is going to be offered to our email list first at a 25% off rate. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, but you will get to save money if you're on our email list as you will have a first chance at it. So in order to get on our weekly email list, um, 
go to sheslayspodcast.com forward slash besties. And with that, not only will you get the email released um, in early December with your limited offer, uh, you'll also get fun little emails on Monday mornings from me and Kirby with inspirational funny shit to inspire you for the week. And who doesn't need one more email, right? I mean, especially right now, the week of Black Friday, I'm just, I'm just not getting enough. No, <laughs> joking, of course. Uh, but if you're listening, it means you like me and you put up with my humor. Bare minimum, you put up with me. So there you go. All right, now it is time for our listener highlight. This is from Axon Health, and it was uh, written like a week and a half ago, and I'm admitting I have not held up my part of the bargain. A couple episodes ago, I said, if you write a review, I will share you to um, Instagram and personally thank you on my stories. There's like four of you that I have not done that yet to. Don't worry, it is gonna happen. I promise. Um, so this one is from Axon Health and it's five, tar- five stars and it says so much good insight. It says, I love this podcast for many reasons. The first being that the advice is relevant and applicable to not only chiropractors, but a lot of it is also applicable to people in general. Dr. Lauren is great at giving multiple perspectives and realizing that advice is not universal. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Axon Health. I appreciate that. I try my hardest because I'm very opinionated, but I'm also kind of bipolar in my opinion, so I can flip on a dime. Um, Anyways, back to this review. That is highly dependent on the context and person, and she addresses this diligently. The second reason is that Dr. Lauren is unapologetically herself. Yeah, that's true. Um, It's always refreshing to listen to. If you're a Cairo and haven't already listened to this podcast, you're about to want to binge listen for the next several days. Aw, yes, unapologetically myself. I wouldn't say unapologetic, Um, unabashedly, although I don't know what that means. Um, I will say that the Enneagram 3 in me is apologizing constantly for just who I am and hoping that you like me. It's more that I'm incapable of disguising myself but gee golly sometimes I wish I could oh anyways thank you I super super appreciate that um for those of you that um you know haven't written a review on apple podcast I would really appreciate it it helps other Kairos find the show um and that's kind of the whole point of what we're doing here so on to our guest today Today, I have Dr. Sarah Huhulis. Um, Yeah, funnest last name ever. Um, And she's a chiropractor who provides evidence-based treatments for neurological musculoskeletal conditions. Her goal is to help patients achieve their strongest, healthiest, and happiest selves independently. While specializing in pelvic floor and TMJ disorders. Oh, shit. I didn't even talk to her about TMJ. We just talked about pelvic floor. I'm going to have her back. Uh, Dr. Sarah has experience treating pain and disorders of the entire body and customizes each of her treatment plans to fit the lifestyle of the patient. Um, You guys... She knows her shit on pelvic floor. She also suggests some stuff that she does in clinic that I'm like, oh man, if I had a problem or pain with sex or sitting on a chair, I would come to you. 
but there ain't no way I'm doing that on my patients. Mm -mm. I just graduated to open adjusting. Um, and I'm just trying to think some of the stuff we talked about would not go over in open adjusting. Well, no, I'm joking. Obviously she does it in private adjusting. Um, so yeah, just an absolute wealth of knowledge. And she'll explain how she got that and how she applies it in daily life. And of course, I break it down for you. For those of you that are like, okay, I do five minute appointments or we do open adjusting. Like how will this apply to me? Um, honestly, while I was thinking or while I was listening to her there were like patients going through my head that I've been like working on for a long time and I'm like oh my gosh this might be the missing piece and since listening I've actually recommended um some of the things that she says and it's helped so listen if you're a patient listening if you're a non-chiro there a lot of the things she's going to say you would absolutely you can just directly apply into your life so learn about your pelvic floor today, people. So let's pray and get this party started. Dear God, um, thank you for just the continue reminders daily that you are that continued source, that well that we need to go back to. Um, remind me in interviews with people and anytime I'm sitting down at this microphone that what people came to listen to what they need you have I do not and help me to remind that when I'm showing up with patients what they have you have or what they need you have I don't let me be the conduit to provide that love that energy connecting that innate intelligence through you for them um, help everyone listening whether they're coming off a great holiday week a bad holiday week, whether they're about to go into a new holiday week. Help us just breathe. Just breathe. Breathe you in. Let it fill every cell of our body. Help it calm our heart and help us just be present for those around us, strangers. Reminder that we can still say hi to one another despite wearing the masks and just show up even though all the fundraisers that we would normally give to maybe they're called off reminder that we can still show up for the nonprofits in our area um maybe all of the kids toys for tots all the things maybe they're not happening that would normally happen because of the strange year remind us that like if you are blessed to be in a situation of giving to write those checks donate those toys still do the things because it can be so easy to use COVID as an excuse to not show up, to say, no, we're going to stay home. We're not going to do that thing we normally do and help us to continue to show up in just your loving and ever, ever giving heart. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, peeps. This is Dr. Sarah Huhulis and my conversation on the pelvic floor. Okay, so Sarah, why don't we start with you giving me, because I know very little about you, um, except that you're a pelvic floor chiropractor, which I didn't know was a thing. Um, <laughs> tell me a little bit about you, how, who you are, where you practice, kind of how you got here. Sure. So my name is Sarah Huhulis, and I graduated from Palmer West in 2017. So I'm coming up on my three-year anniversary. And I practice in Northern Virginia. I started off as an associate chiropractor at like a very um, classic chiropractic uh, office where we did mostly adjustments. We took insurance. 
Um, and then I did a very hard 180 and started working for a cash PT practice where oh. the appointment times were 60 minutes long. Yeah, it was super cool. It's a big um, shift, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I'm really happy it happened because I learned a lot about um, how I'm currently practicing, which is more rehab focus. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I started doing a lot of my pelvic floor uh, training. So I had a few patients come in with these very interesting complaints that weren't getting better with like traditional um, chiropractic adjustments or rehab exercises. And so I started taking some continuing education courses on the pelvic floor and um, just like starting my research from there. Cool. So then, yeah. And then I started my own practice in June of 2019. And okay. yeah. Well, at least you got a few months in before COVID got crazy. I'm actually doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, people really want to be touched right now, which I get. So um, <laughs> you had a way of making it kind of creepy. Especially like, because I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> like, I'm like, all right, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so in school, were you like, because I mean, obviously we learn, we learn about the pelvic floor in school, don't we? I mean, I went to a different school than you, but like, like where did you go? Northwestern. In Minneapolis. Oh, that's why. Yeah. What? So I, I was talking to another chiropractor from Northwestern about this. And she was like, I hated doing pelvic floor stuff in school. And I was like, you got to do pelvic floor stuff in school. Um, but like we, what she means, hold on, side note. Okay. I don't know if the same guy, I feel he's got to be dead by now. Ooh, rest of all, <gasps> if he's dead. He was so old. So 10 years ago, when I was, well, I guess it would have been like 11 years ago when we were doing it, the way we, only thing we really talked about the pelvic floor, besides belly breathing, but that was kind of like not even really what we did, was we talked about coccyx adjustments, and we had to do one on a real woman. <gasps> Oh. So you, <laughs> you felt the coccyx mm -hmm. internally on a real mm -hmm. human and it was this old man and the rumor was that he has been like the guy receiving these for years like when I was in school I had someone who was like I wonder if they still have the same patient so this guy for like 10 plus years once a year or no multiple times a year because like of the classes would just line up to have tons and tons of students internally feel the coccyx and now that like I'm an adult woman I'm like okay hold on did this guy like how do I get that job <laughs> just kidding <laughs> just kidding <laughs> like what kind of yeah so anyways yeah um no I wouldn't say um that we had pelvic floor training we got to feel an internal coccyx Okay. I'm so yeah. Um, oh, so I, I'm so excited to like talk to my chiropractor friend about that and see if she had the same experience. Yeah, please um, report back. Because, um, but anyways, we, did you know in school that you like the pelvic floor. You guys didn't talk about it at all. I literally didn't know what a pelvic floor was. Um, I knew how to do a prostate exam because we did like the plastic model exams for boards. And then I knew how to release a sacred tuberous ligament. Mm -hmm. And then I went to a Webster uh, seminar, which was really helpful. Um, but yeah, I really didn't know about like all of the layers of muscles and how 
like integral they are to low back and pelvic function. And yeah, I just feel like that was kind of a big hole in education and it might've changed. Um, but I kind of feel like since they're teaching, you know, for the boards, I don't think that they're going to be pelvic floor. Yeah. Because like I said, I wouldn't say at my school, we talked about any of that stuff either. And, but it wasn't on the boards. So that's what they teach is teach for the boards. Yeah. So you started uh, working in this like PT setting. Yeah. And that when you were like, Ooh, the pelvic floor is so cool. Yeah. So I had, I had a couple of patients with um, really interesting presentations of like low back pain and pelvic pain. And um, it took a, a couple of months of like realizing that, you know, it's not just endometriosis or like bladder irritation or um, like classic low back pain. It's, it's something more. It's something that like I kind of had to figure out and um, I guess like suss out along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I took uh, some classes through Herman and Wallace, which is rehabilitation courses for physical therapists. And then I also took um, pregnancy and postpartum athleticism with Brianna Battles, which is such a good course. Like I definitely recommend that to anyone who wants to work with um, pregnant athletes and and postpartum athletes. Like that's just an amazing course. Um, And, you know, through those continuing education courses, I was kind of able to like figure out how to mold uh, that information into like a chiropractor's treatment plan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we didn't learn, we kind of talked about like, we didn't learn this in school. How would, if I'm like a chiropractor, what are some of the more common, how's it going to present where it's like, oh, this might not be like an adjust the sacrum or like it might not be a lumbar, lumbar instability issue what would be like some major signs that I've got a patient that I need to start looking at their pelvic floor? So as a rule, and I think they taught us this in school, you should ask every low back patient um, if they have bowel, bladder, or sexual dysfunction, because you want to rule out like uh, cauda equina syndrome or right. yep, any I like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm I a just pulled that out of midair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was on boards five years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, um, but if you, if they say yes, what do you do? Uh, you have to ask and, um, take a history on those complaints. And so if they have, um, like bowel issues, hold on. So yeah. You yeah. listen to the podcast, you know, I just, <laughs> I'm all polite in the beginning. Like I'll write down my question. So I don't interrupt you. And I'm like, hold up. So bowel issues though. Okay. So like, I feel like if I had a patient who was like, yep, I'm peeing my pants. I'm a mom. I've had two kids. I know like my head would go there. Um, but also with bowel stuff. Yeah. Is that all I can think of is if somebody said like, yeah, I pooped my pants and I'd be like, your friends don't tell you that all the time. Like, is there (laughs) there more like lesser thing than I am peeing and pooping my pants? Because we have a society that's got IBS. So like, if you say like, you know, what other signs besides peeing and pooping your pants would be like a bowel or bladder issue? Or so constipation. Constipation? If you have to, yeah, bowel. if you, it is a bowel issue, right? Like or if you have to strain, important. yeah, if you have to strain every time you go number two and you're only going number two, like, like two or three times a week, 
and you're like restraining your low back muscles and your pelvic floor muscles, like that's going to have a serious effect on your low back pain and quality of life. Um, uh, let's see what else counts. Am as I just an issue. idiot that I never no. thought constipation? Like I'm just like constipation. You go through the normal things, the water, the fiber, the magnesium and the adjustments. And then like, yeah, I do have like most patients that works great for, but I do have a handful of patients. Like, honestly, my daughter included, she's too young. She won't you know, be mortified that I'm talking about that, but like she <laughs> had constipation issues her whole life. Um, where she'll like have like one bowel movement a week. And I'm like, okay, this girlfriend has been adjusted. <laughs> like, and it's like, oh, wow. I've never, I would have never thought about approaching the pelvic floor. Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about, and if it's okay, I'll go into like kind of how the pelvic floor is situated within the body. So um, if you're driving, don't do this, don't take your hands off the wheel, but, um, or close your eyes. But if you're just sitting at home, then you can close your eyes and feel your pubic bone. Feel your ischial tuberosities, your sit bones, and then feel your coccyx. And then in between all of those uh, landmarks is this hammock of three layers of muscles, and that's your pelvic floor. So the pelvic floor uh, controls the flow of urine and feces, but it also supports like the five to 10 pounds of internal organs in your abdomen and in your reproductive system. Um, in addition to that, they're also stabilizing the low back and the pelvis. So they're kind of operating at this like low level tone because they're holding up a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Everybody <laughs> watching or listening, I just raised my hand. Um, how is it? St- oh God, I feel like such a fucktard idiot. Like, no! I, okay. How is it? How is it stabilizing the low back? So your multifidi muscles. Mm-hmm. are connected to the pelvic floor because they operate in the inner core together, right? So with your diaphragm, as your diaphragm like descends as you breathe in, your transversus abdominis, your TA, yeah. your pelvic floor, and your multifidi muscles are all moving in uh, congruence with your diaphragm. Well, that makes sense. So, so if your, um, let's say your low back muscles were strained, either deadlifting or like picking up your son for the 62nd time that day, um, your pelvic floor muscles could spasm to kind of take over the role of those multifidi muscles. Okay. Yeah. And, um, would, and if your pelvic floor spasms, like I'm just trying to pick, cause like I have lumbar spasms that'll happen like usually with like stress and stuff like that. And people tell me I need to do belly breathing and yada yada, but it's boring. So I don't do it. Um, <laughs> So like, is a pelvic floor spasm, are you going to feel that like where I think you're going to feel that? Or do you- In your bubble for sure. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you can have a lot of different presentations of it, right? Like, um, I don't know if you work with trigger points, but if you have trigger points in your pelvic floor, it could refer into your hips. So you might feel it within your hip joint. Um, You could feel it in the fronts of your legs, uh, in your low back. Um, you can definitely feel it in and around your anus, especially if the, the sphincter muscles of your anus are spasmed as well, or like too tight or injured. Um, and that kind of, you know, goes back to what is bowel dysfunction. Like we do have this really high incidence of IBS in our society 
And so if you're in the middle of a flare up and you've gone to the bathroom like five times a day for the last week, um, those muscles are going to be very inflamed and they can actually start to like develop this compensation pattern where they're just spasmed all the time. And that's where we start to see things like constipation, um, as well as like, you know, sexual dysfunction or pain with sex, uh, cause those muscles are so tight all the time. Okay. So another question on the sexual dysfunction. The only thing mm-hmm. that comes to my head is ED. So it's yeah. like, how does it present sexually dysfunctional in a woman? So have you ever had uh, someone complain of pain with sex, pain with yes. insertion? Yeah. yeah. So if let's think about sex as an activity of daily living. Like most of us aren't lucky enough to be doing it every day, <laughs> but it, it really is um, a good marker for pelvic floor function to think about sex as an ADL. So if somebody's avoiding sex um, because they're in pain, mm-hmm. then that's a really good way to one, get insurance to pay for the visits because it is an ADL. And if you can uh, do stuff to improve it, then insurance is going to pay for it. Um but it's also just going to make your patient a lot happier because that's a whole like section of wellness that they've been missing out on. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. So <laughs> you, we asked them, this was all a tangent from how is yes. this event? And you started with like, well, obviously butthole bladder sexual dysfunction. Sorry. And then, <laughs> ah, nope, this is me. So then how, so let's say they're like, no, I don't pee my pants. I don't have constipation and sex is great. I say, that's great. Lucky you. Um, that's rare. <laughs> Cause usually if people, you know, find me, they're having issues with something like that. Um, but like, for yeah. me, like mm-hmm. how would, like, if, would it be a patient that, you know, it, we're doing all the right things with, pooping and we're not getting results like low back like how would a more clever pelvic floor sneak its way into a chiropractor's office um so I really think that like doing and of course you have to be super respectful of the patient because you know someone comes in and um I don't know how much time uh your audience has with patients but in an hour I usually like get to hear their whole life story But if it's like a 30 minute exam or a 15 minute visit, um, you might not have that much time to like build up that rapport, that confidence. So that's where I think the longer uh, treatment times come in handy. Um, But I feel like if you have um, a mom who has given birth uh, recently and they have no symptoms of prolapse, like heaviness within the pelvic floor, um, or no symptoms of like urinary dysfunction, like leaking or, um, urge incontinence, which is where, uh, something triggers your brain and you have to go to the bathroom like right away. So like presenting these scenarios to your patients and being like, you don't, you don't experience any of this. Um, and if they don't, like maybe it really is just like a strained muscle in the low back and it's going to feel better after a lumbar adjustment, but I don't, everybody I see has some kind of pelvic floor dysfunction. So I might be. So after my first birth, um, I had like, all right, men, TMI maybe coming here, but we're all doctors. So after my first birth, I had a lot of like fullness feeling 
mm-hmm. in the vagina. Like I could for like a week, I couldn't even really walk a block um, because it would hurt. And then my body, like, you know, my midwife looked and she's like, eh. <laughs> so I don't think it was helpful. <laughs> yeah, she made that face, right? Um, I don't remember what she said. Kirby probably does. But like, basically there was no treatment that was needed. It was going to take care of itself. So then the fullness went away. I was able to return and like, let's see, April. So my daughter was born in April. So in July of that year, I ran um, a 5k and it wasn't my first 5k I had run. You're looking at me like eight weeks postpartum. Well, I mean, April, May. Yeah. It was like, yeah, maybe Uh So this is a great, okay, I'll, I'll write that down and save it for later. Okay, I felt great, <laughs> and I was trying to lose weight, okay? So I run this race, and I placed, just in case you were wondering, I did really good. Um, and awesome. I sat on the grass afterwards, on the finish line, because I was exhausted, and urine just came out of my body. Like, there was no, like, oh, I think I'm going to pee my pants. It was just like, oh, Good thing I'm wearing black leggings because I just peed in the grass without any like concept of it. So things, I stopped doing that. Um, I do still on race day wear black pants just in case I'm ever like, (laughs) this again. Um, but is it possible? So obviously there was a problem. Is it possible that like my pelvic floor just got better on its own though. Like I would not say, I've already told you, I don't do the belly breathing. I don't do Kegels. I don't think I do. I don't know. So is it possible that like after birth, it could just fix itself and get re-strong again? Or is that not really how it works? So pelvic floor rehab, like the stance is usually that you should see a pelvic floor, a physical therapist or a pelvic floor rehab provider. Um, once you're cleared by your OBGYN or your midwife. Um, but it is not usually recommended to return to play instantly. Um, it's in, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you placed, so that's, a, that's, that's good. That's really good. Um, but in, so in Europe, they do mandatory pelvic floor uh, physiotherapy. Um, I know. It's, that is so yeah. wonderful. I know. No, it's like, <laughs> our area, even doing physical therapy for C-sections. So when mm-hmm. I started in practice, um, if you gave birth in a hospital and had a cesarean, you automatically saw the physical therapist and now they just don't do that anymore. And I'm just like, oh, that's so weird. It's gotta be all um, stuff, but it probably, um, that's unfortunate mm-hmm. because it, for any other trauma or injury or surgery, there is a scaled uh, protocol to like return that person to activities, right? Like you're not just going to get hip surgery and then go run a 5k. So why are we like, yeah, have a baby, wait six weeks and then go ahead, play basketball, like do CrossFit. Um, And so that's kind of where, you know, we're seeing all of these symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction in people who've given birth. Um, And so for you, do you want me to say like for your case? Yeah, yeah. Are you okay with that? Oh yeah. I'm so, <laughs> um, so there are a lot of different types of prolapse. Like you have uh, different pelvic organs that can kind of fall uh, and put pressure on the pelvic floor. And so, if you were having that feeling of heaviness, it was probably like a warning sign. Um, your midwife checked it and cleared it 
for maybe a stage three, which is where you start to see the organs fall out. But I do have patients come in um, with symptoms of, of fullness or heaviness or like you have a golf ball in your vagina or your anus. Um, and then when we do the exam, you know, you don't really see anything. That doesn't discount what they're feeling at all. It just means that it's at that earlier stage. I, think, uh, so then, I don't think she saw anything. Yeah. Um, uh, and so when you ran, you placed... And I can already tell you're a former athlete because <laughs> yeah. you're like, you're like, I'm not stopping for anything, which is very common, uh, in, in boss women and super cool. Uh, but that is like the, the personality type I see often mm-hmm. is like former athletes and, um, like high achieving people because you're like no pain, no gain. I can suffer through it. Like I gave birth. I am amazing. Yeah. And you are but you got to give your pelvic floor some time to heal because that is like a, a really big trauma. Birth is a huge like trauma. So, so is it possible that it like, so now that kid is eight. And, yeah. But I haven't done any, I have not done the pelvic floor rehab, but is it possible that just like it got stronger because yeah, and like, we, my, like, cause it is, I mean, as I'm standing, it's being strengthened. So it's possible that it can heal itself. Right. Absolutely. And like any injury can be self-limiting, right? Like that's kind of the basis of what we do is like giving people um, something to do in the meantime while an injury heals, whether it's like what we do or, or what the patient does or the injury, just the natural history of the injury. Um, the pelvic floor isn't really an exception. And so, you know, I'm saying like, this can happen to you if you give birth or if you have like an injury during sex or you're in a car accident or something like that. Um, but it can also just go away and like not be a a problem anymore. Okay. So besides Kegels, yeah. What are, so, I mean, you already said something about doing an exam. So actually let's, before we go to the, like what you recommend, what is a normal appointment type look like in your clinic? Like, are you doing pelvic exams? Uh, not pelvic exams, no. Okay. Because I don't have a speculum. I don't have, uh, first of all, I don't have a license for an obstetric, like a gynecological exam. And I'm that, doing. I mean, that it, depends on the state you're in. Absolutely, right? yeah. yeah. So I think um, the Pacific Northwest states, you can like deliver babies and do all that fun stuff. In Virginia, I can like assess which muscles are tight oh, and treat okay. them. And that's two. it. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, because an so argument doing, could be made if you were in a state like that you do want to see inside in order to yeah. see the pelvic floor. Like that would be ideal for you, right? Yeah, if you to get a um, but also, floor. yeah. Um, so it, it depends entirely on the comfort and the presentation of the patient. And if a patient is like, I don't want any internal work. I don't want you to touch anywhere near there. I'm like, okay, great. Let's do some breathing exercises. Let's look at your workstation and make sure that you're like set up for success. Let's watch some videos of whatever exercises you're doing and make sure that you're doing them in an efficient way. That's not putting extra stress on the public floor. Um, If a patient is like very comfortable with the idea of an internal exam, then um, there's like a whole protocol uh that you can go through if your state um if your scope in your state allows it um and so from there it's kind of like 
like working on a knee or a shoulder, like you figure out which muscles are, are tight. You chart it. Um, you ask for consent every step of the way. And if the consent is not like enthusiastic and ongoing, then you stop. Um, that's like a very big thing with me as, is making sure that the patient feels such an intimate area. So like when you talk about, like you said something about trigger points earlier and I'm like, Oh, I don't know how you'd fix a trigger point in a pelvic floor, but my brain is coming up with images of it. Yeah. So, I mean, you could do like a pin and stretch, right? Like where you're what? working on the, on the inside oh, of the hip. And stretch. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm allowed to say that, right? That's not like TMTM. I don't think so. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, um, I, to say I do. Okay. Awesome. I do, um, dry needling because I'm in Virginia and I'm allowed to do uh, functional dry needling. So sometimes I'll do, I won't like prick someone's vagina obviously but I'll work on the muscles of the hip um and then do some like targeted exercises uh afterwards um but if the patient isn't comfortable with me like working in and around that area then we won't work on that area so you can do hip work to help the pelvic floor yeah. So if you think about that's um, something I might actually do in clinic, it's like, yeah. oh, interesting, but I'm not going to do that. So like what, how, how's the hip coming in here? All right. So you mean like visual- head, right? Yeah. So okay. everyone visualize the pelvis and visualize your patient. Let's do supine first. So lying face up, uh, you're going to do hip active range of motion, hip passive range of motion, assessing where the patient feels uh, pain, asking about the quality of that pain, if it limits the range of motion. Um, You can then work on the adductors. So the adductor muscles all attach onto the the pelvis, right? Like they're lining basically the pelvic floor. And um, adductor work is super beneficial for pelvic floor tightness, especially if you follow it up with like uh, some pelvic floor breathing exercises in, let's say, frog pose or pigeon pose. Um, You can work on the hip external rotators. Um, I had a patient ask me to list all of them and I choked. (laughs) Superior and inferior, give my life. Operator internus, externus. I don't know. Were there six or five of them? <laughs> yeah. Why the, okay. First of all, why the <laughs> was that patient asking you to list them all? I'll be like, bitch. This is my no, it was fine. No, it was fine. I'm like, I'm like, quiz me. I was, well, I was showing them on the, on the model and I was like, quiz me. But then I choked. So. Oh, so you like um, hold your shot. All right. You deserve it. No, yeah. No, I, I blew it. It's fine. Um, uh, so you can work on the hip external rotators and uh, glute max. Um, another interesting presentation is if someone comes in with low back pain and then you're, you know, palpating and you touch their glutes and their glutes spasm really tight and you're like, are you a bunk clitcher? Like obviously more professional than that, but like, do you tend to hold tension in your glutes? And they say, yes. And you're like, how is, um, is pooping difficult for you? And they're like all the time. Like I have to like strain really hard to go to the bathroom and you're like, okay, that's what we're working on today. That is interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's all connected, right? I mean, school is wasted on students, <laughs> right? Like it's one of those things where you, you're kind of like walking me through the anatomy and it's like, 
I remember learning that, but in I was, I was life, asleep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so <laughs> like, oh yeah. So when you're talking about working on the adductors, are you talking like proximal or distal? Like, are you working um, Whatever the patient's comfortable with, you know, like if they're, if they're okay with it, like we'll do some myofascial release of the proximal tendons of the adductors. That's where a lot of the tension. For the chiropractors, that's the side that's closer to the JJ and not. <laughs> um, and then for hamstrings, like if you have, um, uh, I work with a lot of Olympic weightlifters. If you have um, strength athletes, who are doing RDL sets of 10, like a million times a week. Um, and they have really, really tight hamstrings. Like that's actually going to pull on the pelvis and affect the like tonicity, the tightness of those pelvic floor muscles. Okay. Yeah. Yep. This all makes so much sense. Okay. Yeah. So that's what you, that's what like a visit will look like working on all that. What kind of things besides kegels like are you recommending for people do you, okay first of all are kegels bs do you just like um no but so there are do them. i was actually hoping you say yeah <laughs> i knew that that's why i don't do them so i just would never um off off the bat say like you need to do kegels because you first have to um assess whether your pelvic floor needs first of all strengthening Mm -hmm. which in most cases, it actually doesn't. In most cases, it needs to relax or to learn coordination. So like in our society, it's really high stress and um, people do tend to hold tension in their pelvic floor. Unfortunately, uh, there are uh, cases of sexual assault that are super common. Um, and so if you feel comfortable screening for that in your clinic, that actually might be a really good way to build confidence with your patients is, is being like, you know, have you ever uh, been a victim of sexual assault? Do you think that that might be contributing to your low back or your pelvic pain? Um, but if the patient has kind of developed that pattern of holding tension in their pelvic floor muscles, they might need to actually learn how to relax them and let them go. So if we have like three minutes, I can do like a sample breathing meditation exercise that I like to do. I would yeah, love I would love okay, it. Cool. Very cool. All right. So find a comfortable spot to lie down or you can do this seated. Close your eyes and take a deep breath in. As you exhale, feel the muscles of your abs, your low back, and your obliques contract. Take another big breath in and direct your attention to your front passage and your back passage. That is your urethra and your anus. Exhale and try to notice how those muscles in that area contract. Take a big breath in through your nose. Try to make it last as long as you can. And notice how your belly button, the sides of your rib cage, your low back, and your pelvic floor Descend and expand with air. And as you exhale, notice how those muscles contract. So if you have your hands available, you can place your hands on 
either the insides of your sit bones around your tailbone or in the front underneath your pubic bone. And take another deep breath in and try to feel those muscles relax. Feeling them lengthening under your fingers. Exhale and notice how those muscles will elevate up and into your body. Take one more big breath in, in through the nose. Feeling all of your core muscles expand and lengthen and exhale. Do one little core squeeze as you exhale all the way out, get all of the air out of your lungs and open your eyes. And you just met your inner core. Cool. So will you walk a patient through that? Mm -hmm. But usually we take a lot longer because they're like, I can't feel anything you're describing. Okay. So yeah, sometimes we have to use like tactile cues or like muscle activation cues to, to get them to feel it. And you're, if you can't feel it, I mean, that probably means that, so not necessarily that there's weakness, but there's just a uh, discoordination. Yeah, like a disconnect. Um, And that happens with a lot of areas in our body. Like, um, you know, if you're working with a runner and and they're used to running a certain way and you're like feeling the outsides of their calves and you're like, do you feel this at all? And they're like, no. And you're like, can you activate this at all? And they're like, no. Or they don't know how to activate their arch. It's kind of the same idea. So um, if you were doing that exercise just now and you were like, yeah, I didn't feel anything you were talking about. Try it again, but while you're sitting on um, a pillow, but also a lacrosse ball. And so you're going to put it on your perineum, like right between your front passage and your back passage or your, your gooch. Can I say gooch? <laughs> definitely can say gooch. It just did. That's awesome. Um, I thought it was a taint. Is this what? Yeah, the that's another one. one. The gooch yeah. the word? Okay. I don't know. I don't know what the kids are saying these days. I thought um, so professional the way you called it the front passage and the back passage. You like that? That's like, yeah. that is a good way to <laughs> verbalize those words. It okay. does get a little awkward sometimes. Yeah. Talking about it, yeah. So you sit on a lacrosse ball there. Yeah, but um, you don't want it to be like on a hard surface. You want to have a pillow and then a lacrosse ball so that it can kind of sink into it. And so you're not damaging any structures around that area. Guys can do that too, but I would be a little careful about your external organs. Um, so just, just be safe with it. Don't like body slam it, just like ease into it. And then you can go through and do that breathing exercise and try to feel the muscles like descend around the lacrosse ball. Very cool. So do you have that? Like, I'm always just like thinking like logistically. So you, you go through this can do you have this like recorded for them so they can go home and yeah I actually have um a podcast called mind over muscle and so I do like uh different recordings of like meditations and post them on there um yeah okay so it's called pelvic floor acquaintance if you all want to run run over and do it so the podcast Um, pelvic floor acquaintance yeah like pelvic floor acquaintance on mind over muscle Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. So the name of the podcast is Mind Over Muscle. Yeah. 
Well, that's a fantastic little like, I'm not going to walk you through this meditation. (laughs) I suck. But here, I've written this down for you. Go listen to this episode. But if you if you want to do that in your clinic, I mean, you can kind of come up with a script, like listen to different yoga videos and, and figure out what cues work best for you and and definitely do it like patients love it. They love uh, whatever resources you can give them outside of the office. Yeah. Um, OK, so for the meditation, that's for more for someone who you might suspect is like it's not that it's weak. It's that they need that they need to relax. Yes. And then, um, a lot of patients, especially, uh, patients who have given birth, um, or who have sustained an injury to the area, um, sex injuries are way more common than you think. It's just that people don't want to talk about them. Um, so don't feel bad if y'all, if y'all hurt yourselves in the bedroom or wherever you do it. They're more common than (laughs) you think? Really? They're so common. Yes. Wow. Okay. So you guys can all be sure that I haven't because you know, I would be telling you a story right now. I'd be like, Oh, thank God. But I don't, I don't have one. Um, but now I feel bad. I don't have one. Um, I feel left out. Okay. Oh, usually it's like, it starts with like, so I had a couple glasses of wine and then that's how like all good starts. stories do. <laughs> All right. So they're more common than we think. So going and getting help for them, not just like, yes. Your, unnecessary shame yeah um so if you have a history like that then um like some coordination exercises like learning how to manage the pressure on your pelvic floor is is probably more of the um direction that you want the exercises to take into so what that looks like is um like teaching it's like neuro re-ed right like you want to uh teach the patient how to uh, do their activities of daily living without re-injuring themselves and and making themselves stronger and more coordinated in those positions. So what that might look like is um, teaching a patient how to brace, like teaching them proper posture, staying stacked, rib cage over pelvis, uh, teaching them how to breathe, like we all breathe into our upper backs and not into like with our diaphragm into our inner core. Um, and so the pelvic floor sometimes can be affected by breathing patterns. Um, and then with patients who want to get back to working out, uh, how they were before they got pregnant, um, like teaching them how to do that safely with proper bracing technique is, is usually on the, on the treatment plan. Okay. That, yep. Uh, so how... (laughs) You make me feel like such an idiot. Um, Why? I the toxics first, though. Just can we can we go around to the fullback? Yeah. Is there something? So I refuse to do an internal coccyx adjustment. And you actually shouldn't. Okay. So Good. yeah. So there's a lot of literature that shows um, that manual uh, release of those muscles, like the levator ani muscles that surround the coccyx, is way more effective and less traumatic to the patient than doing an external or an internal coccyx adjustment. Okay, good to yeah. know. I'm glad. Yeah. So if I have a patient, <laughs> if I have a couple patients, you know, like who just fell right on that tailbone or mm-hmm. whatever, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And they're sitting on a pillow and like, what kind of things can I do for them? All right. First of all, you have to rule out any bowel, bladder or sexual dysfunction. And if they're like, nope, everything's great. You say, you don't have any pain when you have to go number two. 
Like this is a safe space. I promise I won't judge. Um, you don't have any issues with leaking urine with, um, having to go, you know, having to like stand back up and sit back down. Um, wait, is that, can we talk about that for a second? (laughs) I'm asking for a friend. Right, right. So that's, that's an issue. What's, what's going on there when that happens? So that means that the bladder is not emptying completely, usually due to, uh, the bladder kind of falling down between, uh, like further into the pelvic floor muscles so that when you're sitting, um, the angle at which you're sitting is making it so that the bladder cannot fully empty in that position. So you have to stand back up, let the rest of the urine trickle down and then sit back down. Yeah. Okay. So that's not normal. That's not a thing. Well, it's, it's common. It's common, common, but not normal. So then you would do, you know, you would do some like pelvic floor acquaintance exercises um, bladder retraining is, uh, one of my favorite things to do in the clinic is like, um, one teaching people how to go to the bathroom properly and then literally retraining your brain, um, to like new voiding patterns. So like you're basically doing potty training as an adult. Okay. You're going to need to say way more because yeah. Okay. Okay. Because you said it's one of your favorite things to do in clinic and yeah, yeah, yeah. talked about it and I'm like, wait, what? So bladder retraining, um, how do I start this? Okay, so your bladder is connected to your brain by a bunch of different neural feedback loops. And your bladder in and of itself is a muscular pouch. And so it's entirely entirely muscle just filled with urine. And then the tubes uh, that connect the bladder to the urethra are also muscle. So if the... um, brain adopts this pattern let's say like you're working as a nurse and you've got 12 hour shifts and you don't go to the bathroom during those shifts because you're really busy um your brain is going to literally like retrain your muscles to not use the bathroom um until you're done with your shift so when i see patients who come in with like urge incontinence where they see the doorknob and they're like, I have to go to the bathroom right now. Or they hear running water and they're like, I have to go to the bathroom right now. Or I'm going to pee my pants. Um, you have to like literally have them download an app and retrain their bladder to not associate those cues with like voiding anymore. What's and the that's app? how that works. Uh, Vesica. I think it's free. Okay. V-E-S-I-C-A. Okay. And if you want, I can send you a bunch of links for your show notes. That sounds perfect. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah. What was the question I asked? Oh, the coccyx. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. I had a question before the question. So you ask them all these things and likely they're going to say yes. Right? Yeah. Is that you're going with that? Okay. Yeah. If they don't, they're probably embarrassed. Mm-hmm. So you would treat them, uh, treat them as if they said no, but keep in the back of your mind that that's probably not true. Um, and then you you could do, you know, like lumbar and sacral adjustments, what would be really beneficial to them is probably some myofascial release of the levator ani muscles, which are the muscles that are in the uh, back part of your pelvic floor. So if you can visualize, like if you're sitting down between your sit bones and your tailbone are this like, um, like fan of muscles, squeeze your butt, squeeze your butthole really, really tight. Let it go. That's your levator ani muscle. Okay. Um, 
And so like doing some myofascial release in and around the area with a glove, obviously, um, can really help to, to relieve some tension there. Hmm. Yeah. Also icing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to ice it. All right. Oh, wow. Okay. So thanks for exploding my head. This is cool. Very cool. I need, um, send me the links of like, well, you have a, you have a course, right? Yeah. So, uh, after, um, after I like took all of these courses for PTs, for urogynecologists and urologists, I was like, how can I make this so that a chiropractor can do it, uh, with confidence? Um, and also like staying true to what chiropractors do. And so I made a course that kind of outlines like treatment plans for really common, uh, pelvic floor complaints. And it includes assessments, um, exercises to give, not just Kegels, like a bunch of different exercises. Um, and just like, you know, different scripts and, uh, chart, uh, charting templates so that people can, can treat these complaints in their office. Awesome. Okay. Let's tell people where to get more information about the course and you. So, uh, my favorite app is Instagram. That's how we met. That's how we met. Yeah. Uh, so it's Sarah Huhulis DC. Good luck spelling my last name. It'll be in the show notes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, I post a lot of TikToks on there because I think it's fun. Um, you can also find me on Facebook at Anatomy Chiropractic. And I also have a YouTube channel uh, that has a few um, exercises on it. I'm hoping to buff that up a little bit soon. And then the link to that pelvic floor course, if you're interested, um, hopefully I'll get some CEUs for it, uh, will be on my Instagram page. When it's ready. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. And thank uh, you, Lauren. And I, I don't know, I guess I, I love the, I love that it's a safe place for like, yeah, I feel like I should know this, but I don't. And so thank you. Oh, of course. No, don't feel bad. Uh, All right. I'm looking forward to more questions. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So if you have specific questions and you're like, I thought that was everyone, um, reach out to Sarah on Instagram, send her a message. I'm sure she would love to help you out. Don't ask me. Obviously I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, until next week, she slayers. Bye. Hey, she slayers. Are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are gonna love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. 
Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. 